everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. I am your host, Greg Scott. And with me, I've got two great gentlemen. Who do I got with me today? Jay Beaverton. And LT. Yeah, LT has been kind enough to grace us with his presence today as a guest host while the Irish Giants out and about doing other things. So if you are new to the show or you are a returning listener, our show is exactly what the title says. It is Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. We do beard stuff. So we talk about beard articles, do beard reviews. Sometimes put oil on our beards and do it for science. We also do brews. So that's kind of a catch-all for any kind of carbonated brewed beverage. Uh, at least I think it's all carbonated. I can't think of a brewed beverage that doesn't have carbonation in it. So we mostly do beers and then we do bourbons. So bourbons are, I guess, the whiskeys in general. So whiskey, whiskey with the E, whiskey with the Y, bourbon, rye, they're all, they're all our friends. We know them by first names here. And they're delicious. So let's dive right into the beards portion. So Jim found us an article about aging gracefully as a man with your beard, <laughs> basically, uh, good or bad. Mm. As we as we get older, some of these uh, these grays start to streak into our beard. As I stroke my gorgeous beard now, I'm like, man, there are a lot of grays coming. <laughs> and yeah. one one, yeah, I see LTE's beard is uh, it's got a nice big white patch there on your uh, your goatee region. I do. It has uh, grown exponentially over the last few years. Yeah, the but 10 think, years of uh, COVID have uh, made us all grow. <laughs> yeah. Agree. yeah, you know, before 2020, it was just uh, just a speck. Actually, no, it's the, it's the, it's the children that uh, add to the grayness. It's almost, uh, it's almost white instead of gray. You're going you're gonna to go towards a Santa beard at some point? Yeah, I mean, I, I used to have a reddish tint because, you know, I have red hair in my family, but beard used to be red. Now it's just gone to a uh, reddish with a white tent so if i put on an extra 100 pounds i could be santa those are some goals <laughs> <laughs> there's some goals yeah <laughs> honey i need to eat all the pie every night yeah. you could absolutely you could do you get a tim allen the santa claus <laughs> santa could fall off the roof and take over for him or bring your shotgun out and take care of matters your own way get yeah. off my oh, line santa that's right castle doctrine and that's how i have rudolph Mounted on the hat, the uh, <laughs> on the, on the wall. wall there. Picked the wrong chimney today, fat man. <laughs> <laughs> Circling back to the beards. Mm. Uh, so when your beard starts going gray, we found an article. Uh, this is a uh, tools of men, not men or tools. Toolsofmen.com. It's a beard dye and coloring guide, and it's kind of a it's kind of a nice little checklist and how to to start dyeing. Your beard. Mm -hmm. Basically, it gives you a diagram. It says, you know. How much beard, how much whiteness do you have in your beard gray? Or how much gray other, I guess? And then starts talking about, you know, if you have less than 50% gray, you might want to start. You can maybe do a whole full beard like LT. Uh, but when you've got that 100% or you, know, you might want to brush in some colors. And I'm, I'm let Jim here talk about it because I feel like I'm killing the article before I even started. No, it's it's fine. I mean, it's, it's I mean, that's a good way to start because they, they first, they start off with before dying, keep this in mind that you're going to lose any kind of color you already have you just if you're gonna do basically just commit so if you're gonna commit to a color just pick a color but you're gonna lose if you have your own natural colors they're gonna get blended away and you're gonna have to have the color that you stick with so just choose the right color choose wisely also yeah again they'll fit if you have more than 50 percent gray or, le or less than 50 percent uh, you can also choose a beard dye with like a uh, lower contrast as well too if it's not too dark also uh one thing as well too you want to Get something that will match your hair color. Unless you really want to do, unless you like, unless you want to have like a jet black beard with like some 
like light brown hair. That's up to you, but it's going to look very strange because they're going to be like, they know you dyed your beard, obviously. So you, you probably want to pick something that's closer to your natural color so that people don't like, oh, you colored your beard. Why? Because maybe you're self-conscious about something. That almost makes me want to like dye my hair like pure white and then just get it like jet black, you know, just for the contrast. Just be like, what is this guy doing? What's this hippie doing? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I have seen some, you mentioned hippies. I have seen like older guys that they'll have like the white ponytail, but they'll have like the, the darker beard. I'm like, all right, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> black, not quite, a, not quite a Lebowski, but yeah. <laughs> and also talks about preparation. Also, you want to probably be aware that if you have allergies, skin allergies, be sure to check the, the chemical contents of your dye because it will react with your skin because it's pre- apparently that's pretty potent of the dyes that they use. So if you are allergic to it, it will cause a, maybe a rash or something even worse. So be very careful about that. You don't have to pre-clean. I mean, have it, I, guess, I guess have it moisturized, but not, you don't have to necessarily, necessarily have like just you soap immediately on it before you dye. Um, have an old hand towel, maybe paper towels, wear an old shirt that you don't mind getting dirty, maybe even latex gloves if up. you want to, like, really? Yeah, well, because, like, they're listing out how to how to dye your hair. Because, like, my, my wife, back in the day when we were younger, she dyed her hair all sorts of different colors. And so, you know, you wear shitty clothes, you have latex gloves, you, you know, you make the dyes mm. don't get everywhere. It's going to get everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, yeah, oh. I think again, the, this is for guys that we, we don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I think the key is here, like... If you have a woman in your life, just make her do it for you because they've had the practice for, for years, and years. And they, I think this, they know how to do I it. Guess this would be this, the single man's uh, crash course in dying. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I never dyed anything before, really. Uh, and my wife hasn't because, like, she's got like jet black hair. So it's never really, I've never had a problem or an yeah, issue I mean, with dying. I, so I barely yeah, dyed Easter eggs as a kid. <laughs> Never even did tie dye, so I'm just like dye. What's what that is? Not gonna hippies. But then not. Uh, I know my beard yeah. would look like a, a freaking Jackson Pollock painting if I did it. <laughs> I've seen that too. I've seen yeah, I've seen that too at like fests. People have decided to do that, like the multicolor rainbow stuff. I'm like, all right. Well, that was a thing back in you. the '90s, though. Like, do you remember uh, Everclear, the band, the like two yeah. album band? Yes, I remember Everclear. <laughs> I'm yeah. that old. Yes. I mean, he had he had like brown. I think he dyed his blonde, hair blonde and he dyed his beard blonde as well. It was yeah. Like a long time. Not yeah. to go too off topic, but the uh, speaking of 90s bands, you see the kid on the Nirvana album is suing, the baby is suing uh, the Nirvana estate for child pornography. Uh, I saw that. Yeah, I did it see that. It only took what, like, 30 years? <laughs> okay, buddy. Yeah, okay. okay. And after he recreated the photo in the pool too. Yeah. I mean, he, he profited win. off He'll of it win himself. So, 20, yeah, probably. 25 years, I think. Yeah. yeah, his parents already get paid out, and Nirvana's you know, ma- I think it's growing on the fandom of grunge uh, circling again. Oh, yeah, I saw. I cracked my ass up. <laughs> like, what child pornography? I mean, it's a it's a baby. Like, you know, they showed uh, what's the copper toned child with like you know bare chested and their butt hanging out with the dog pulling down. You mm-hmm. know, that's just that's children. It's not sexual. Shouldn't it be sexual? That's a whole different conversation. That's not related to this. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's, yeah it's a different podcast. You know, I don't want to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that got dark fast. So, right, yeah, that jabroni. Everyone's, everyone's hating them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a wacky world we live in I've, with lawsuits flying everywhere. So, but yeah, the article's uh, pretty cohesive, and then it talks about like aftercare. Uh, you uh, just be careful with the shampoo you use uh, afterwards because it can affect just wait before you 
you try to clean it as well. So don't go swimming because that will take out the color uh, of your beard and you'll be responsible for leaving some kind of oily mess in the pool. <laughs> well, circle back. So they, they mentioned shampoo and, and, but they didn't go deep enough. Like, so you want a, a sulfate free shampoo if you're going to have dye in your hair, okay. any kind of hair, because the sulfates remove it faster. And you, have you spent the time or had your wife spend the time to put it in your, your beard? Probably don't want it to wash out too fast. Circle it sulfate. Cool. I did not see that part. But yeah, I guess it wasn't in there, but yeah. But that's basically it. Yeah, just uh, also you can, if, you, if your beard's too dark, there's a way to lighten it as well too. I guess scrub, it, scrub your beard with a bar of soap to kind of help lighten it up a little bit. And then if you really want to lighten it up, you probably need to bring in a color shipping shampoo. It says that specifically. So that's basically the article. You can read it, Tools of Men. Yeah. So if you're, you're a single lonely man that never dyed your beard, this article is geared for you. Yeah, exactly. Although I'm a, I'm a happily married man. I've never dyed my beard, beard but I would I'd probably just have my wife like, like LTE said. I think I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll just embrace the gray. Go full Santa. Yep. Well, I mean, as long as it matches your hair, I mean, if you're here, because my beard, as I'm growing, it kind of blends into my, my sideburns, which are gray already. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with it. <laughs> need to dye it. I'm secure enough in my masculinity that I don't need to necessarily dye it. What's that stupid phrase? Do the, do the drapes match the carpet? Oh, the curtains. Oh, the carpet, yeah. Yeah, the drapes match the carpet. Yeah. But that's a whole different, that's another conversation <laughs> right, it's a... about other, about <laughs> other dying thing, things that are dyed. We don't have uh, the Irish giant here to say Merkel for us. Merkin. 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 Thank you. Merkin. See, it's not my bag. It's Irish giant's bag, too. Let us know all the dirty words. <laughs> all right. I think we've beaten that horse well into the grave. We are going to move on to the brews portions of the show. This is where we sample a beer, and it's where we say how horribly delicious it is or not. Uh, we've got uh, Pernicious IPA from Wicked Weed Brewing. See, 7.3 ABV. I went to good old Beer Advocate. They rank it at 94. That's pretty good. Pretty good score. 4.23 out of 5. Brewed out of Asheville, North Carolina. I've been to the brewery myself. It's a, very, it's a really nice uh, established brewery in the heart of Asheville. Me and the wife spent a couple hours there just drinking. And they also have a food. They have a pretty good food. It's kind of like a public house a little bit. So they have really good like pub food there. So we spent a couple while we wild away the hours drinking and eating. So it's uh, it's uh, this beer is available mostly in six pack cans. Even though Beer Advocate still has the bottle picture up, I uh, I think they need to kind of update this eventually. But uh, uh, typical IPA. It's not a West Coast style IPA, but it is a little bit higher in ABV, seven point three. Because most some IPAs are normally like sixes. Brewed with New Zealand American hops. Probably Cascade is in there. Cascade hops are in there somewhere. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, it's been in, at least in the Florida market for a few years now. It's been up here in Virginia for quite some time, but we're only we're only well the west side of Virginia, the southwest side of Virginia is only about four hours from Asheville, so it's not too far. Yeah, I think Wicked Weeks kind of moved up and down the East Coast pretty well. I know we got it here in Florida. We got the push because they got bought by you know who. This IPA is their flagship, I think, and then they have a couple of rotating ones, like a, maybe a, a hazy IPA and then another, maybe a wheat that rotates down here. But yeah, I think we have about three three products from them, at least in the publics that I've seen. So it's a fairly high octane, uh, 70 IBUs, just to give you a heads up, IPA out of Asheville. Actually, I'm not sure where they're brewing it since InBev is. It's probably, I doubt it's actually brewed all the facilities that InBev has, but you can go get, you can go get it from mm. the tap there. 
there in uh, what's up the Funkatron or the uh, what's the room they call there? Funkatorium. 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 It's a fun place That's where they brew a lot of their sours there. Same thing with sours. They do a whole bunch of seasonal sours there too. They have uh, quite a few that are you know standards throughout the year but then they have a, a good rotating blend of um seasonal sours that they do and i don't think i've had a bad sour from from wicked weed they've all been good yeah yeah i've had a couple of their sours too they're good i love their sour. i love sours in general though it's just like a i don't know i like like what's that warhead gum you know it's just like it's just like a kick in uh, the mouth yeah cry babies or tear jerkers or whatever tear jerkers yeah i want a beer that tastes like a tear jerk and make a 10 percent sure that's yeah, right. I'm sure, it's on the market somewhere. I want to taste like a Sour Patch Kid's pissed in it. Great. I want the <laughs> fermented piss from a Sour Patch Kid. Yeah, that's great. These are quality ideas, and Bev, you should you should write notes down, buddy. <laughs> all right, should we take a sip? We should. Well, let's first. All right. So it, color, it is pretty golden. Like really, kind of looks like urine. It's, <laughs> it's pretty light. It's pretty light. light. I'd say it's a uh, lightly hazy. Good term. I've got a, a lot of yellow in my, the, the coloration of the lights in my house. So it's kind of hard to see exactly. Definitely got some yellow hue here. Oh, it smells delicious. Oh man. It smells very tropical. Yeah. I would say that's in the New Zealand hops, I would guess. Yeah. I can't offhand think of another beer that has New Zealand hops in it. So I can't say I've had a ton of it. Like normally we get like Cascades, other American varietals. I mean, it's good. I think it's hoppy up front, but it does have a pretty clean, clean finish. Yeah, it's definitely very hop forward. You could kind of get kicked in the mouth by the hops. Yeah, but it doesn't leave a aftertaste. It does have a pretty smooth, clean finish. Yeah, yeah it rounds out pretty well. Uh, yeah, you definitely get the hops. If you're not used to it, it will hit you pretty hard with the hops at first, but not as much sugar as we expect with the alcohol content. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's um, fairly well rounded. It's not just some IPAs will leave that kind of funky, not in a good way taste that lingers, but this one doesn't. Yeah, there are a lot of IPAs that like, like the first taste is like, oh, this is this is brilliant, and then like it sits in your mouth for a little bit, and mm-hmm. you're like, God, what did you do to me? It's like a cat taking a piss in your mouth. It's not awesome, but yeah, I, I agree. It's a nice clean finish. How many cats have you had piss in your mouth? What did you like to? <laughs> I mean, I know the one time I was there. <laughs> Granted, I was milking the cat. I say that was in Bangkok. We don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in Bangkok stays in Bangkok, <laughs> except for herpes that comes home with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bangkok has them now. Yeah, it's got a it's got a nice taste though. I'm trying to like, what does it taste like? It tastes like an American IPA. It, I mean, it's not mm. super distinct. I, well, I say that, but tr- it, it's got some tropical, like we talked about earlier. That is not something mm. you're gonna get like a, a 90 minute dog head fish or uh, a terrapin. Or- yeah, it's definitely yeah. The, the tropic the, the tropical aspect gives it a little bit of a difference. It's not a West Coast style IPA. Did I? Because it's not like Lagunitas. Because usually Lagunitas IPA is my go-to IPA, but this is a nice kind of switch up if I want something a little bit different and if it's on sale or not. Yeah, I feel like it only take a take a couple of these though before you know you just a get tired of it and b get a little buzzy. It is seven point three, so it will. Yeah. Uh, if you're not used to drinking high octanes, it'll get you. Yeah, I, I can't imagine drinking more a couple of these. All right. And but yeah. Jim, so you have to understand for the audience and, and LTE here, Jim loves giant IPAs, double, triple, quadruple IPA. Is there a quadruple thing. IPA? I don't think so, but if it, it was there, it's it not. Yeah. yeah, I know I the imperial. Would, but yeah, I, yeah, the last IPA I drank uh, was Sierra Nevada's, I think, big, big little thing. It's like their imperial IPA, and it's like 9%. Yeah, but it doesn't taste like 9%. 
It tastes like hops, I imagine. <laughs> lots and lots of hops. Yeah, but if you balance it out right, especially with the boil on the hops, like Dogfish has already done, then it doesn't, at least to me, it, it doesn't have that massive hop taste. Because, I mean, you get the hops, of course, but the fish is fairly clean. But, yeah, I don't get that. In fact, I get more, I think I get a little bit more hop variety out of this, an IPA like this that doesn't have to rely on, on a high, a really high octane. Because I think more flavors come out with, with, with this IPA than, than an Imperial sometimes. sometimes. I did look up that quote where Wicked Weed got its name from. Yeah, so this is a conversation, a pre-conversation. This was a pre-show conversation. Because I can't say Pernosha at all. It doesn't sit in my mind. And like, where, where does this name come from? Because I thought it was like, Pernocious, like that child's pernicious or that, uh, like it's a negative term. Apparently I'm well, wrong. It's also pernicious. Well, it is. So. <laughs> there you are. See, Greg Scott cannot speak. It is, a negative, it is a negative term. It was coined by Henry VI uh, when he proclaimed that hops is a wicked and pernicious weed because he apparently had a problem with beer, uh, <laughs> which didn't seem to help the country at all because England drinks a lot of beer. So these guys took it and named their brewery after it. And that's where the name of the pernicious IPA comes from because Henry VI called uh, hops that. That is awesome. Those damn Henrys over there are crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least eight of them. The eighth was the most crazy. <laughs> yeah, he, he ruined it for all. I mean, he, I yeah. think he was the last Henry, wasn't he? <laughs> I think he <laughs> fucked it up no for all the other. Yeah, he fucked it up for all the other Henry. <laughs> from this day forward. Well, you, you, no king shall be called. He had, yeah. had a couple of women. Uh, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Bad reputation. Yeah, we're, nah, that, yeah, the last guy ruined it. We're just going to call you Hank. <laughs> That's right. No, uh, I think they moved back to like George after that. Like, nope, we're going to go with George's now. Yeah. On to George and Edward. <laughs> Edwardian yeah. Philip, who's still not the king. Didn't he pass away recently? Or is Philip still around? Prince, Prince Philip. Yeah, I think yeah. Prince. Yeah, I think he was married to Elizabeth. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he... But Elizabeth's still kicking. Yeah, man. She had like a, what, her Sapphire Jubilee six years or some shit she's on that. Yeah, I don't know. I just see these pictures of her with like all the presidents throughout history. Like she's like literally been almost like with pictures with like half the presidents of the U.S. Like since <laughs> she was born, it's ridiculous how old she is. Well, it's interesting. I mean, she was a young woman in World War II and that, and I guess she's not too far after. Not a, not a, a British file, a topophile? Yeah, Anglio, Anglophile. I want to say anglophile like yeah i haven't watched the crown either so i i don't i don't know the i don't know the whole history yep but she's still alive and she's still wealthy. basically she's old yeah yeah <laughs> she's old old lady yeah i think charles gets i think prince charles is going to be king after yeah it's supposed to be i think now we're I just thought starting that out he disqualified himself well i thought he disqualified himself after he divorced diana and then i thought the deal was that he couldn't be king it had to be one of his sons but i guess apparently they doesn't matter anymore so she, he's gonna be king know. I don't know. Well, didn't like one of his sons piss off and like marry an American? And that's a whole hoorah. Yeah, but he's yeah. not the one next. It's the other. It's the other. The older, taller, balder one that's the <laughs> next after him. Yeah, I can't remember their he's, names. He's the next one in line, I think. You heard it here first. Beards, brews, and bourbons. The older, taller one who's balder. <laughs> it's true. Really true. <laughs> if we're gonna be taller, he might as well be balder. Because he's not. He's not an older. He, he's younger than us. So I mean, he he like lost all of his. He lost all of his hair fast. All right. Any last thoughts before we move on from the bruise portion of the show? Nope. Good solid IPA. Negative. Good solid IPA. That's a that's a that's a good enough endorsement. Jim likes it. LTE. He seems to enjoy it, and I'm, I'm okay with it. All right. That's enough talk about the Brits, and that's enough talk about the beer. We are gonna 
sail our way down to the bourbon portion of the show. We're going to be down in Kentucky, where, where most bourbon is made. Oh, yeah. So today we have Evan Williams Green Label, which if you have paid attention to the last episode, we had Evan Williams White Label, which is bonded and bonded, 100 proof, 50 ABV. Today we're taking the second lesser cousin, the first lesser cousin being the black or the green label. All right, this clocks in at 80 proof, so 40% alcohol by volume. It is actually surprisingly kind of hard to find information on Evan So just kind of as a preface, a lot of other bourbon companies have green labels. So you have like your Jack Daniels, you have Jim Bean, Ezra, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, well, Jack discontinued theirs. You can't really find that anywhere anymore. Uh, that's a good segue to our next portion. <laughs> this is discontinued as well. So Evan Williams Green Label is discontinued. Uh, they are not making it anymore. They still have barrels of it and they still have bottles of it going off the shelves. Well, I don't remember being in the industry. I don't remember it flying off the shelf in the first place. It was always, it was always just sitting there getting dusty. Yeah. <laughs> dust it and then, and then front it and then just leave it there. Yeah. So f- from my understanding, the Green Label is a, I won't go in the costs, but it is a low cost bourbon that usually it's, um, yeah, it's a bottom shelf. You go to a bar, you order it. Uh, can I get a whiskey and a Coke? You're, you might get something like this. So it's uh, if you're not saying Jack or you're not saying whatever particular brand you want, you're probably Wells whiskey. It is four to five years to still up. Uh, it's aged about four to five years. They're not real clear on that. The mash bill is kind of undisclosed, but it's, it's a high corn mash coming in around 75% with the other 25% split somewhat evenly barley and rye. So I haven't even poured mine, so I should do that. So you guys can talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Don't see a lot of green labels anymore. Even Jim Beam, if it does have a green label, it's like a rye or something. It's like specific Jim Beam green label. Because I can't think of, I think this is probably like one of the last green labels that's going to be before they all go away. Yeah. Well, weren't you telling me an interesting story, Jim, that like the green labels came about because of the, the great bourbon shortage back in the day, about 10 years ago? Yeah. I heard a rumor. And again, uh, if Jack Daniels is listening to this, don't sue me. Because I remember when Jack Daniels Green came out and people were actually excited about it because they'd never seen it before. And then I had heard through, because again, industry people talk and they're like, well, they produced Green Label because it's a mix of other bourbons they had sitting around because their water, the well and their, their well's going dry. So they had to mix what they had and they just kind of slammed it into the green bottle and as an experiment and sold it for a while. And then it just mysteriously disappeared. So I don't know if they ran out of what they were using or they didn't think it was a, a profitable venture. But, I mean, it sold fairly well. Because, I mean, people were actually actively looking for it because it was different. So, but yeah, it's just an interesting little tidbit there. I don't know if that's true because, I mean, Jack Downs is still chugging along. So, so again, this is Evan Williams' green label. Not to be confused with Jack Daniels that we were just like 10 minutes about. Got good legs. Yeah, it's got really nice legs, really, for 80. Definitely smells like a uh, bottom shelf bourbon. <laughs> definitely yeah i'm getting some uh i'm getting very, some very wood char yeah very ch- very much charred oak i'm getting some oaky. cardboard i'm gonna be honest yeah. I'm, just, I'm getting cardboard off the nose got my amazon shipment of cardboard in my cup here. yeah it but it's you know wet wet cardboard you gotta be more specific mm. well yeah i prefer my cardboard wet if i'm gonna <laughs> got a nice particle board flavor to it give the old sipper yeah Color's nice though. I mean, it might be additives in here. I don't know, but the color's fine. I'm getting a little bit, a little bit of caramel on the nose. If I put my nose all the way in the glass, I'm getting a little bit of that, but not a lot. 
I mean, it doesn't taste terrible. No, it doesn't. But it doesn't have a lot of flavor either. Yeah, I'm definitely getting the maybe no oak. Maybe a little banana. Again, yeah, some clove. I can get. I can see that. I get yeah, some clove, a little bit of banana. Tastes like liquid paper a little bit. Yeah, but not wood though, right? Like I'm not getting like not wood. No wood. No, no wood. Not in the taste. That's just in the smell. No leather. It's very uh, yeah. just not full of tiny, flavor. tiny little bit of sweetness. But that's it. And there's not really much burn because it's an eighty. So right. it'll at least there's that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not not complicated at all. I mean, it's I mean I know it's low ABV, but it's it's smooth. Like it's very drinkable, neat. Right. Like you could you could mm-hmm. mix these with quite a few cokes and <laughs> have a have a good night. Yeah, a good summer evening there. Right. Because it's not gonna you know it's not gonna give you like that really that taste like a like you know like a Jack and Coke or mm-hmm. a rum and Coke where you can really taste the the alcohol more than the Coke. I think if you put this yeah. in a Coke, you it wouldn't change the flavor of the Coke too much. You'd, you'd be have, having more of a Coke flavor. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed whiskey for whiskey sours. Oh. Yeah. I'm impressed that it, the nose is off putting, but the taste is not like that. I guess is right. Yeah. I mean, to me, it, the taste right. is not neither like bad or good. It's just there. It's a normal day in COVID world. Neither bad nor good. Maybe I have, maybe I have <laughs> right. COVID and I can't taste it. I don't know. Or we hope not. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't want to wish it on anybody. But yeah, no, it's it, there's a taste to it. I'm, I'm getting a taste. It's just not not a lot of it. Middle of the road. Yeah, not a lot of flavor. Not a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's sugar, but not even brown sugar. Like I don't know, basic white sugar maybe with a little bit of char. I don't know. It's, it's a hard kind of hard for me at least. Yeah, I'm reading the tasting notes on distiller. The nose is simple and to the point with standard vanilla, oak, and caramel. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> I, don't get, I don't get that at all. Uh, palate is easy. Fresh coconut, honey? No. Other tropical fruits. I don't, my palate will never be that evolved. Yeah. I, I don't can, taste any of that. I can maybe get the coconut out of there, but. I, I was say, I can maybe get the honey because like, you get a little sweetness. That's not brown sugar. Mm. So meh. maybe to me it's more honey. banana. To me, it's more banana than coconut. But like mild, mild. Yeah. Turn the volume. Not, not a ripe, not a ripe banana. <laughs> a green banana. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of the problem with bananas. I love bananas. Like, I love avocados, but they're, like, you never know what you're going to get when you open one up, you know? Like, you got to find the sweet spot, yeah. 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 You know, you're, you're two hours off on your banana or your avocado, and then it's entirely mm-hmm. We know you like eating bananas. Because they're tasty and full of potassium, yes. <laughs> potassium, need that potassium. Eat the potassium. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if this was still on the shelf for, I don't know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, whatever it is. I guess it's not wouldn't be bad to pick up. And you are right in the money. It uh yeah, you are right rolls in around eleven dollars for a seven fifty. Right. Yeah. I mean just compare that with most of the other bottom shelf, you know, bourbons is kind of around that that price range. Yeah. I mean for the price point, like I find I don't know, I might get eaten up here from the internet worlds, but like Jack for me is not my favorite bourbon in life. I think it's has a bit of a Jack's not a bourbon. Sure, it's a Tennessee whiskey. Sure. Yeah, beams uh, the bourbon. Yeah. But okay, so but Evan Williams is also it's charcoal finish. Uh it's just gonna have the same mellowing effect on it. So it's it's Evan Williams is similarly processed and it's in the same bottle. It's like the street bottle. Yeah. So it's gonna be this but, it, there's the same demographic they're going. Right. And like every distillery, you know, even like Jack, for example, they're gonna have, you know, a bunch of different um blends and barrels and things like that. So yeah, wake standard Jack, you know, is you know, a, a acquired taste, but some of their other stuff, like their single barrel jack and their barrel proof jack, um, that stuff's actually pretty good. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's fair. I saw that. Uh, what was it? Jack had that Sinatra bottle. I don't know what the, uh, was the bottle that was ridiculously expensive. Yeah. I'm just like, you're just buying it for the bottle or not buying it for the content in the Absolutely, bottle. yeah. But then you can put it on your shelf and then you could take your Facebook videos of it and be like, hey, guys, <laughs> Look, I have this $700 bottle. bottle over here, whatever it is. Yeah. $700 MSRP retails in the secondary market for $2,000. Yeah. <laughs> the Gentleman Jack, you know, all those blends are good. Just like, you know, Makers, like a standard Makers I, is, to me is terrible, but the Makers 46 is delicious. Really? I like I know that was a kind of thing for makers. I don't, I don't mind yeah. the just the regular, regular yeah, I like the regular makers, but a makers forty six I love. I, I have to weigh in on LT here. It's uh forty six is really nice. The regular makers, unless you're making cocktails out of it, kind of harsh for me. Oh yeah, right. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's uh, it's everybody tastes is different. Uh, some people say harsh. Some people like that. They want that extra toast flavor or charred flavor because that's what they've been drinking their whole life, most of their lives. So that's they usually gravitate to that more than something else because i know jack drinkers maybe drink it because it's sweeter than other things so it's everybody's different and that's what i love about the bourbon and i'm i'm just I, I, how, how about i say that's what i love about the whiskey world because it's always everyone has different flavor profiles and things, you know it's something we can talk about and, and share together any closing thoughts on our evan williams green label who is now super hard to find and you know rare a rare find right no, I mean, I I'm think the store, I'm gonna have to look. Yeah, like I said, I think if they were still making this for ten bucks, and you know, you're, you know, you're not looking to spend a lot of money on <laughs> bourbon, then this is not a bad choice. I think if you're trying to find it now, just because it's probably discontinued, I, I bet like that ten dollar bottle is someone's probably selling it for fifty, sixty dollars somewhere, and I wouldn't <laughs> recommend paying that when you yeah. can get uh, something much better at that price point. But you know. Like I said, if this was still being made, I wouldn't mind spending whatever, $10, $11 on it. Worth every penny. I would say, you know, between this, and it's not a fair comparison because LT, <clears throat> LTE wasn't here for last episode, but uh, we did the white label. For me, I, I prefer the higher higher proof one for, I think it's 6 or $7 or maybe. You're not spending a ton of dollars. That's a, that's a nice one. This is This is okay. You know, if I can find a big 1.75 milliliter and I'm going to make a big party mix out of it, I think it's tough. I don't think I'm going to search it out. All right, guys, I think that is going to do it for the show. This is Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. I am your host, Greg Scott. With me, I've got two excellent gentlemen. Jay Beaverton. LT. The E is silent. Actually. But, of course, he is uh, Greg Scott's been saying the E the entire time. That's fine. And if you like the show, we do like hearing from you. We do have the emails. We are at hosts at bbbpodcast.net. We do have a website. It is bbb.net. Go figure. It's a work in progress, year and a half in. We will keep updating it slowly. We also have the Facebooks. It's Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. You can search it out on Facebook. And we do have the Bird-like Object. What is our handle there, Jim? On the Twitterverse, it is at Bourbon Beards, all one word. And uh, shout out to a couple new followers we picked up. So thanks for listening. And we are experimenting in the realm of TikTok. Our other guest host, Andre5K, shout out to him has convinced us that we need to expand into TikTok realm. So we do have a new video on there. We do have a new count on there. It is the same handle as our Twitter handle, which is at Bourbon Beer. So check us out on there. Give us the likes, give us the follows, et cetera. We do have the Patreon account as always. So if you have some extra change in your pocket, toss it our way. Give a coin to your Witcher, if you like that reference. Toss a coin to your Witcher. And the heavy metal version of that song is phenomenal. So you should totally listen to that. 
but yeah that is the show that is beards brews and bourbons and we enjoy listening to your feedback and then we like yeah listen to our show stay till the end for the silent b and that's where we go metaphysical we go deep down into other things stay to the after credits and you can find out what's there yeah everybody thank you for listening to the extra music hopefully you uh, sent us a facebook or a twitter or some kind of tiktok clicky box now we are in the silent b this is the, the part of the show that is not pg so you know sensitive ears should be uh muted or uh earmuffed to prefer so this is part of the show that doesn't fit with the rest of the show sometimes it's metaphysical sometimes it's a deep dive into marvel star wars star trek we kind of have some kind of thought some kind of uh, thought experiment where we postulate an idea and then and debate about it which is kind of the theme tonight last time we did the multiverse i guess we're still in the multiverse a little bit here jim what is our silent beat tonight well we let's lay down some ground rules we all know about what Fortnite is right do we it's that don't epic know? game i don't i'm not sure honestly i'm not 12 years old what is Fortnite? <laughs> big battle royale big victory royale they call them yeah, uh, yeah, basically, but you can online play uh, again, but uh, we can also make it simpler uh, for the older folks in the uh, uh, GTA, Grand Theft Auto. We're, we're aware of that. One through five. It's, yeah, so but these games existed, uh, but yeah, Fortnite took a twist on it where you can play online with other people, but again, it's the same thing. It's been like, like Battlefront and uh, even Halo back in the day, back you could have gamers on there like more than one person you can play against other people basically and online gaming is exploded but i saw free guy last weekend which is a much delayed movie uh, but it's basically about a movie about one of these worlds but you're in the game and it's about a guy who's in the game who is an npc and what's an NPC? npc you might ask it, yeah exactly you asked a uh, non-playable character uh basically you go in they're just around they're there they populate the digital city the digital world that you're in but these have existed for a while even uh nintendo games you see npcs just walking around if sometimes you talk to them you clues sometimes you kill them just for fun sometimes they give you the master sword exactly uh and but you usually ignore that once you're done with them you just you leave them behind you you don't need them anymore this movie kind of went into what if they were more than just background what if they were conscious or aware of the whole thing? so basically my question was if you could choose to be an npc in any gaming franchise or game what is basically the question i would pose but i wouldn't so, want to be in like a gta because you get killed or thrown through windows or carjacked right so what are the rules here like are we perpetually in the game like we die and then respawn are we just like yes one off and dead whatever game yeah whatever gaming franchise you pick um you have to obey the rules of that franchise like if you are again gta or fortnite or whatever or a background character uh you will respawn because again it also the movie free guy goes into that where it's a loop where he wakes up the next day it's the same thing like groundhog day wake up the next day it's the same thing 
but not all games are like that. So you sometimes you die, you don't come back. But whatever franchise you pick, you have to live by those rules. I'm thinking here, I'm like, that's a yeah, right. That's a, that's a I hard guess one. I'll, I'll start with mine. It is, it is, it is pretty deep. Um, I would probably pick one of the Final Fantasies or the Final Fantasy universe because a lot of those NPCs um live fairly nice lives, uh, depending on which game you're playing. Uh, you just have to be careful uh which town you pick or which castle you pick because sometimes the castle will get uh exploded or some kind of big bad will come and stomp on it so but i would pick final fantasy just because of the surroundings plus it's like more like a fantasy type game and plus you might be able to help out the main character with some kind of side quest like oh you're looking for this particular relic well you have to go here to get it kind of thing so it's plus those like those npcs don't get tortured a lot by the or don't have the option to be tortured by the protagonist. That's a high the bar there. It is, but that's that's why. So I would go with a game that Greg Scott's very familiar with that we used to play back in the heyday for that's right for a lot lots lots of hours <laughs> and grinding on this game. But uh, Ultima Online UO, um, and I would be no. Can you, before you get into that, can you explain what, because I never played Ultima. I've heard of it. Can you explain yes. again what the game is? Yeah, so Ultima was a franchise. It was like a role-playing RPG franchise um, that started out pretty crappily with, with the first one and um, got progressively better as the series went on from one to nine, I think. I think they made like nine Ultimas or something. Uh, but somewhere in the middle of there, before, before that, they, they did an online version of the game which was one of the first MMORPGs, which is mass, massive multiplayer online RPG, where you have you know, large servers with thousands of people on at a time, all playing this, this uh, role-playing game. It's kind of a, almost like a, a medieval Britain-type um, world with you know, mages and you know, spellcasting and fighting with you know, medieval-type weapons like bards and swords and maces and stuff like that. You know, dungeons, dragons, all that stuff kind of in the game. But huge NPC characters that you have to interact with throughout the game as well. Uh, but I would be one of the town guards because literally they are unkillable. And if anyone does anything bad in the town, they instantly teleport to that spot and basically one hit kill you and you're dead. Uh, that's awesome. And then they just disappear again. Walk off. And yeah, and they're, they're, they're unkillable. So it's like the best gig. Like you just walk around, someone does something, boom. One one swipe of the axe, they're dead, and then you just go about your business. That's that's a perfect example of an NPC that has complete control. Uh, but I, but it's a game. But again, that's a gaming mechanic that the, the programmers use to like. The, well, if you're not going to follow the rules, then we're going to fuck you up. <laughs> yep. Nice. That's a perfect answer because that's what the movie delved into as well. It's got it's got the whole behind the scenes with the servers and everybody online and and all that. So that's a perfect answer. That's hilarious. I I love that you picked out uh, Ultima. The classic. It's one of the greatest classic. games ever. It really is. It really is. It really is. Yeah. The guard, though. I, w- I didn't think about the guard. I was like, what if you're an elemental that you'd be like trapped by some you know, jackwad who's trying to you know, ramp up his, uh, oh, yeah. his uh, magic armor or magic uh, defense? Right. Or if you're a dragon, you end up being tamed by someone else and then you're already doing their bidding. Yeah, but the, I like the guard angle because you're like, hmm, fuck you, boom. Yeah, you know, can't be killed. Yeah, I like it. It's an inter sound effect of the the teleporting in before they kill you. It's always a good. Right, and then just like. it's like the one shot with the with the halberd, and then they're yeah, gone the again. Yeah, yeah, 
Good time. Ooh. So I guess it's 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 my time to think of what NPC I would want. Uh, you should have been thinking this whole time. Yeah, it's that's a hard question though, because it's like I don't know. I gave you the I, question you, a few days ago. <laughs> you gave it to me last night. Don't pretend. No, it was it was, was it last night? I thought it was a day or two ago. I I think I oh, think I, I texted you. You know, every day is the same day in COVID. So mm. I think I would want to be a guard in Skyrim, and I would just want to like fuck with players. Be like, oh, I could. I could totally have done the exact thing you did. I could have slayed that dragon if it weren't for this arrow I took to my knee, you know? So I would just, I would, I would shit post every player who came into town and just be like, I'm as good Isn't as that you. A meme? It is a meme. Yeah. Isn't that the meme? Like the guy like, uh, oh, I would have been this if I had taken that arrow to the <laughs> Exactly. I think, I think that fits into my repertoire of uh, shit posts. I think that would it'd be fun. I don't know. The dragon slayer comes in like, oh, I just killed a dragon. Like, oh, I would have killed a dragon, but this arrow in my knee to stop me, you know? Like the, mm. the knight in Monty Python as, as he loses limb by limb. <laughs> <laughs> Just a flesh wound. Yeah. yeah. So you wouldn't pick like a Star Wars online game? Yeah, I don't know. They always kill the Jedi off. The stormtroopers can't shoot for shit. I mean, I don't know. Mm. I can't imagine being a good NPC in a Star Wars game. Zelda, at least, you can just like hang out and farm until Link comes, destroys, and takes all your shit. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be a uh, a potter. I, <laughs> I would love to be kid. a potter. Are you kidding me? It's an industry that never stops making. You know, you only destroys the pots. You got to make more. People buy them. It's a you're wealthy. Probably the potters are the uh, you know the barons. He's the coming into your store. The He's coming into your store and destroying all your pots. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You got to sell them before he comes in. Or you could yeah. always be the the like, tortures. Then yeah. tortured enough. It- yeah, they. That's one of the things they put in the the newest the uh, Breath of the Wild. You, you can't. Yeah, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't want to be an NPC in, in, in the movie. Kind of goes into this where it's NPC in the rock a Rockstar game or a, an online heist game or where those games because you're always getting killed. You're getting mowed down by whatever player wants to be an asshole that day. You're getting RPGs shot at you for no reason, just being on the street. And then you die and you wake up. And you have to do it all over again. So it's like the that they, the game kind of explores that. So yeah, I would not want to be one of those games. As in. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to UO just because. It's a it's a it's a fan favorite, and by fan I mean right. I fucking love the game, so I love it. Therefore, the fans love it. But uh, there's an R uh, Ars Techna article that talks to uh, Lord Richard uh, Lord British, uh, which is yeah. Richard Garrett, right? Something like that. I forget his first name. Yeah, and he's the developer of the Ultima series, and they had this whole NPC animal build basically like the 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 animals would like populate the world and have like some ecology. Yeah, economy yeah. and ecology like built into the game yeah and then the, the game goes live right <laughs> <laughs> and then the players kill everything they, they, here's a bunny fucking kill it mm-hmm. here's a beer yeah. kill it so they decimated they depopulated the entire server of all animals because they just went murder hobo on everything yeah and it totally ruined the economy of the game and they had to come up with new ways to yeah like on the fly, like day 10 or of the, the, the launch, you know, and this is like back in the day when they, you know, mass multiple RPGs were not a thing. This is the first or second one ever. So I could, I can imagine sitting there be like, well, Richard, they've, they've killed everything, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then like, and he comes, you know, he has this character in the game that he creates and Lord you know, back, uh, and, Lord black, right. And black plugs Lord. himself into the game. And then everyone just attacks him. <laughs> like it was the most ruthless <laughs> like it was literally the most ruthless game 
that you could think of. That's hilarious. It really revolutionized like PvP and you know just really created the whole PvP era of games. Just and it got so out of balance and whack that they tried to do so much stuff to to balance the player versus player killing and you know try to try to stop it the best as they could by like penalizing those players and something like you know for years it went on where it was that was like the thing to do you know (laughs) well they gave you a cool title they're called called you a dreadlord if you killed lord yeah like oh shit then they started being dreadlord yeah but you couldn't go into town you know they and then like oh no you can't go into town you know that's how they started you go into town and guard sees you boom you're dead and then that didn't last too long. And then it was like, we're going to penalize you off, off of stats. You know, you're going to lose 10% of your stats if, you know, if you die as a Dreadlord or whatever it is. So they kept trying to balance that. Um, those those guys would just like to go in and, yeah, and kill people, which was me. <laughs> yeah. I was but, like, this is LTE. He's describing everything about himself in this game. He was a master. Basically. <laughs> yeah. It was good times. But it was fun. Yeah. The, the best, I think the... Obviously, I think the best time I ever had on that game was literally where it was me in a guild fight against like three other dudes that jumped me and Jalem, and you healed me as I fought off three guys running around Jalem, and they couldn't do anything to you because you weren't in the guild at the time, and it was just hilarious. That well, was, you got like, You remember like you we you ran out of so they had a magic system in, in Ultima Online which required reagents or regs or regs, whatever you want to say, which is like this parts to cast a spell. And so LTE here mm-hmm. ran out of reagents. So he runs into the shop, <laughs> the magic shop, and, buy, and buys reagents as he's fighting As people off. are attacking me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over there, spam healing. Yeah, yeah, that was a, so, that's but a good where day. Are you, where were you in the game? Were you in the town or can you do it from a remote location? No, I was in the town. So they had a, uh, right. they built this guild faction into the game where you could start your own guild, you know, but then they had guild wars. So if you were at war with another clan, um, then it didn't matter where you guys would fight. Cause typically you couldn't fight in a town. Mm. That's when the, that's when the guards are coming and kill you. You know, you're not <clears> supposed to fight in a town. Um, but if you were at war with this guild, then you could fight in the town. So I'm in this town. I get jumped by like three other guild members. And Mr. Greg Scott over here is not in my guild, so he can't attack them, but he can yeah. heal me because that's okay. a friendly spell. So he's keeping me alive as I'm fighting off three other guys, and then just but they can't attack him town. because he's not. But they can't Correct. attack him they because can't he's not in the okay because right. the guards would come out and they would have been right. flagged as villain. Okay, so it was just hilarious. Huh, nice. Yeah, that was like the longest drawn out battle ever. <laughs> Yeah, it probably lasted like forty five. Was it? Is there a chat? Was there a chat system in it or no? No. Could you like well, chat? No, no. Very rudimentary chat back then. Everyone had you know, uh, what was it? ICQ. ICQ. Um, yeah. So we, you know, you would chat in, you know, chat in the back end, almost like a what Discord is now or something. Right. Um, but there's there was no voice chat back then. Of course. Yeah. There's no, I'm not talking about. Based. I'm talking about like old school text chat. Old yeah. school texting. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember, because I, I've seen people play other games online that are very similar to that where you'll be like you'll see the screen and what they're doing but then below you'll have a little chat bar but it's it looks like it's like ancient like you know like 90s text where like you'll i just imagine like there was a text bar and like bro what are you doing why are you leaving that guy stop we're trying to kill him <laughs> the yeah there was there was text bars in the game but yeah there's text bars in the game but it's hard to text at the same time that you're 
trying to cast spells because everything was done on the keyboard by macro. Right. So, yep, that was the That's first crazy. time I was introduced yeah. to a macro. Wow. Like, what's a macro? You hit a button and it yeah. comes out eight other action. Yep. I guess if I had to be NPC, yeah, I, I want to make sure invulnerable <laughs> just to clear that state. Can't right. Can't get most like the games I played, the Super Nintendo, you can't hurt the. You just had to be careful which town you were in because again, the big bad, the protagonist was fighting, could come along and and those those ruined towns that were destroyed. So you can't use make sure you're not in that town. It's going to be because like there's a there's a right now found a. Uh, Square Enix is doing a pixel remaster of Final Fantasy, and Final Fantasy IV is going to be released, the remaster uh, next month, upcoming month. And there's a castle in it where you're about to get there, and it gets firebombed by airships from above. So you don't want to be in that town <laughs> and be seeing that town when that happened. Well, that was fun. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was good. That was a fun trip down memory lane. A little bit memory of, lane. A little uh, don't want to be here, want to be here kind of thing. A little, uh, little uh, uh, action online with the, the main town guards there. Uh... <laughs> All right, Morty. <laughs> no, that was uh, Stewie from uh, Family Guy. Oh, was it? Little, uh, you can do a little book there. Uh, you do a little, 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 little uh, protagonist play there. Uh, you write your book. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'll be all right. <laughs> well, everybody, I think that is going to do it for the show tonight. We appreciate you listening. Again, we gave the uh, locations you can find us on the interwebs. You can listen to us wherever search. you consume your social media and your uh, podcasts. Yeah, we can just search, yeah, pretty much search into any podcasting platform, and I'm fairly sure you'll find us. Apple, Spotify, um, what's that? Not Google? Does Google, Google Podcasts, Alexa, yeah, Podbean. We got, we got all, the, all the big hitters. We're on all those guys. So if you enjoy right. the show, listen, shout, us, uh, shout out us, give us a drop a line to us. Please do. All right, guys, that is the show. Thanks for listening.